All right, praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good. Um, he's already, I don't know about you, but he's already ministered to me greatly uh, in the worship and in the encouragement that uh, uh, my darling wife, uh, Christy, gave that God spoke through her and um, and what he's doing at Pearls of Grace. You know, God is so amazing. And you know what? God is still working. He's still God, all right? He's still God, and he's still amazing, and he's still in control of everything. Amen? So I'm not worried about anything because I know who my rock and my salvation is. So I want to encourage you, God is your rock and your salvation. Amen? Amen. Uh, Bow with me in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for what you've already begun to do in our hearts this morning. Uh, Father, just continue, Father, uh, to prune us. Just continue, Father God, to do the work that you purpose to do in us, Father, uh, that we might draw nearer unto you, Father God, and, 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 and walk deeper into your purpose and plan for our lives, Father God. Father, we don't want to pretend church, Father God. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to go through life, Father God, and, uh, in vanity, Father. But, cause we know that, 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 that only that which is in you and of you will last. Everything else will fall away. Everything else will fade. But you are eternal. Your word, everlasting, Father God. Our relationship and redemption in you, everlasting. And so, Father, let us be anchored in that. Let us be anchored by that, uh, even in these turbulent times. Uh, and we just pray you're glorified in us and through us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk about, I want to ask you to start off in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And, and I'm going to talk about what it feels like to be shaken those things that are shakable and the things that are not shakable. Are you hearing me? I think it's important for us to know that in the middle of this, of these turbulent times, there are things that are constant. There are things that will never change. And they can be our anchor in the middle of a storm. And so I'll start in uh, verse 25. And it reads, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. In order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. I'm going to say that again. The things that are made will be shaken in order that the things that cannot be shaken 
may remain. You know, he's comparing and contrasting here. There's some preceding verses where he references back when God, you remember when God told Moses, tell the people, don't come close to this mountain. Don't touch it. Or else they will die. Even if a beast just happened to ramble up there and touch the mountain, they would die. He said things. He appeared. There was fire. There was smoke. There was this intimidating presence. And the people were petrified. They were afraid. And the things that he said freaked them out. Even Moses himself said, I tremble. I tremble in your presence. Even as he was invited to come near, he did it with his knees shaking. But when he contrasted, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase the preceding uh, verses, he said, for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But here it is. Here's the new dispensation. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant. Say new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What does it mean by that? You know what? When God heard the blood of Abel, Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. All right? But Jesus' blood cries out for mercy. It cries out for forgiveness. Father, forgive them for they know not what to do, what they do. I don't want vengeance, Father God. I want them through my blood to be reconciled to you. Amen? I want them to be forgiven. I want them to, I want them to not encounter the judgment that is headed for all those who do not believe on the day of judgment. Are you hearing me? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Amen? He loves us. And so we have no reason to be afraid to come near to God. He's inviting us to. You know, sometimes, you know, I give testimonies out of my own life. Because I, I feel like it, it allows people to relate some of these truths, see how they relate in our lives and so forth, you know. And and some of you may know I was a uh, I was a, a, a star athlete in the state of Texas. I got recruited uh, to be play football here at Oklahoma State. And boy, I tell you. I'm going to tell you about a time where God shook my life. All right. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I was good. All right. 
I, 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 was, I, was, I was planning on going to the NFL. As a matter of fact, I was so planning on doing that, nothing else mattered to me. Nothing was as important as my achieving that goal. Even my relationship with the Lord. I got saved right before my senior year in high school. I, I had gone to church before then, but I did not give my heart to God until right before my senior year in high school. So I was a young uh, newbie of a Christian, and all of a sudden here I am at Oklahoma State uh, on my own. I got swept up into a lot of stuff, right? I made some decisions I'm not proud of. So I would stay out late. I wouldn't go to class consistently. I wouldn't study like I was supposed to do, and, and my grades reflected that. I know that I'm making myself look bad right now. And so I did poorly the first semester. How many, I don't know how familiar you are with this process, but you have a poor semester. You, you come back, you're on probation the second semester. Now, if you have a second straight bad semester, you know, then you have to write a letter, extenuating circumstances and so forth and so on to get a third semester. You think, the third semester, I would have learned my lesson, but my GPA the third semester was worse than the first two. Sad thing about it, I wasn't alone. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm going to condense this a, a, a little bit, but um, we were on probation during this time. And I don't think she'd mind me mentioning her name, but a lady named Miss Martha McMillan who was serious about doing her job and did not suffer fools lightly. She got fed up with me and the other six guys, and she decided, you know what? Grace is gone for y'all. You all have got to go. I'm not letting you in my college. And as a matter of fact, she wrote a letter to the other colleges on, on campus with the list of our names on it. It says, do not admit these individuals. So we were stuck until our coach and the president got back into town and and uh, overrode her and uh, put us into the only college we could go into, which was hers, which is arts and sciences. We were undeclared. Well, she was not happy about that, but we thought. I thought, whoo! Finally, it took me a long time, but I've learned my lesson. I'm, I've never had academic problems. Okay, whoo, narrowly averted disaster. I'm good to go now. And then the rug got pulled out from under us because we were on probation and weren't sure about a lot of those mundane and who knows uh, little rules that they have at NCAA. She reported us to the NCAA, the situation to the NCAA, and they were sending down someone to investigate that. We'd just gotten investigated. And when that happened, we weren't, they weren't sure if what they did violated some law or uh, NCAA rule. But just in case it did, they got us to unroll, <laughs> unenroll. And, uh, we were going to, three of us were going to go down to junior college, uh, NEO. Talk to the head guy up there. He said, sure, we'll help you guys out. Come on down. Now, if this had gone like it was supposed to, we would have gone there in the spring, summer, been back by the next season. 
This was about Thursday or Friday. We had an appointment with him that following Monday. The media got there at 8 a.m. that next Monday and shook him up. And he was like, no, nah, I'm sorry, guys. If they did something wrong, we can get in trouble by helping you. Boom. So now all of a sudden, all of my options have dried up. And I can't get back in school. It's too late. The spring semester has started. Can't go in anywhere else. And I got to go home. Flunked out. Out of school. Football. The dream of football. Gone. Uh, I was shaken. Uh, to say the least. And to make, have insult, just insult to injury. Up until that point, I was held up as the role model for the up and coming guys that walks at your high school as far as sports. Hey, you want to emulate somebody? Emulate that guy. Now I'm going back to town, the opposite of that guy. Now when I was here doing those three semesters, not handling my business, I, uh, you probably wouldn't have known that I was a Christian at all by the way I lived my life. Yeah, I wasn't consistently going to church. I wasn't doing, I wasn't really pursuing God. I was pursuing the small G God in my life, which was NFL football. I got home. I went to church. Because, boy, I was humbled at this point. I went to church. God put a a pastor in my life that was a former athlete himself and we just really hit it off and he spoke some things into my life that gave me hope he gave me a, pro a prophetic word from the Lord that I really grabbed on to and he mentored me and little by little as I was during the this was 18 months I was gone away from here and out of football and everything and, but little by little the Lord began to give me an appetite for his word. I began to read his word for hours at a time. I began to really encounter God and really press into God. And so, and so much so that after a while, the Lord really spoke to my heart that he had a call on my life to preach the word. Now, I would have never heard that call if he had left me here at OSU, and I wouldn't have been shaken at that point. I got shaken. So I was put in a position after that shaking to where I was inquiring of God, and I was in a position to hear what God's will was for my life. Because I had my own will up to that point. Right? I had my own will up to that point. And God allowed my life to be shaken so that I could be awakened <laughs> to the error of my ways and, and my need to reach out to him. And it was during that time that I was academically suspended at OSU that um, God made me aware of what his will was for my life. To make a long story short, I went to junior college, got my grades right, came back. I did graduate. I, I didn't get drafted, but I had camp invites. But when I came back, I turned down those camp invites. I turned down those opportunities because I had a new purpose. That was no longer the end all be all. Now I went through something that I wouldn't have wished on anyone. I went through something I didn't want to have to go through. I went through a shaking. 
I wasn't stirred. I was shaken to my core. I was embarrassed. I was hurt. I was troubled. Uh, I was angry at Miss McMillan. Oh my goodness. I did not like that woman. The, 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 the things that came out of my mouth were not blessing, were not prayers toward her. But you know, God softened my heart when I found out the whole purpose for this thing. I found, I saw her in a different perspective that, you know what? Her doing what she did, she was an agent of the Lord holding the line, doing what, doing what was her responsibility to do. And because she did what she did, I was able to encounter God and I was able to hear God give me his purpose and plan for my life. And so it enabled me to forgive her. It enabled me to, the next time I saw her, I thanked her for doing what she did. And that that took a work of God in my heart to be able to do that. But I saw it and I was appreciative of it. Now, I don't know if you're in any current hardships like that. I don't know if you have, uh, depending on how much life you've experienced so far, I don't know if you know what it's like to be shaken like that. And I don't know if you have been, you know, had the benefit of being shaken and seeing God's purpose in it. But if you're in that place that you've been shaken like I was then, now it was my own doing. I'm not blaming God. I was mad at him too, to be honest with you. But uh, that was misplaced anger because the only person responsible for it was me. Right? But blame aside, whether you are whether you are responsible for it or someone else is responsible for it, shaken is shaken. All right? And I just want to encourage you today. My the thing I had my security in because we were in we lived a life of serious poverty, uh a serious lack, and I saw football as a means to get us out. That was my source. That was going to be the thing that 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 changed life for me and my family. And so that's why it meant so much to me. Maybe something else is yours. You know, if, you know, maybe your bank account. But I want to tell you, though, the bank account that looks nice today can be a wreck tomorrow. So be careful where the source of your security lies. The beautiful home you have today can be shaken in Tornado Alley. In a second. The dreams you have today can seemingly be dashed in a moment's time. The health you have today, you may not have tomorrow. Are you hearing me? So we have to ask our questions. What is the source of our security in? And if it's in anything but the Lord, it's placed in something that will not last. Maybe you look in the mirror and you consider yourself one dashing, handsome fella. That ain't going to last.
I told my wife the other day, and I almost, I'm glad she didn't take a drink of her coffee yet, because she would have spit it out. I told her what used to be a six-pack ab is now just an ab. It ain't what it used to be, right? So whatever your looks, as beautiful, as handsome, as, as, as physically fit and felt as it may be, it's not going to last. Are you hearing me? Whatever your strengths are, what if something takes them? We've been shaken in this society, haven't we? The pandemic has come along and, 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 and we've been shaken, uh, to our core. And now, you know, we're concerned about life. We, we're, we, we have questions now that, that, that we don't have answers to. We're grasping at straws and we're trying to figure out, we're we're trying to get back that sense of security that we had before this thing started. But if we lack security now, then what was our security in in the first place? I'm just going to let that linger there for a second. I think we need to examine that. You know, if we're lacking security now, then what was our security in? Because you know what? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His throne is not vacant. He's still on it. Right? Okay, so although circumstances change, all right, I still have the security of the one who does not. Are you hearing me? So, let's just get into a little bit of that. Let's go into, it says, uh, I'll re, I'll re, I just want to repeat uh, 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 Hebrews 12, verses 26 and 27. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Hallelujah. Lord, shake us. I'm going to invite you to shake me, Lord. Shake me, Lord. So that all that remains is of you. Hallelujah. I'm not going to spend any more time on the things that are shakable. I think, uh, I think we got a good grasp on that, but let's take a look. Let's shift our focus to the things that cannot be shaken. One thing that cannot be shaken is Almighty God. James chapter one, verse 17 says this, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. He doesn't shift. He doesn't change. He's constant. Amen? Uh, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And Malachi 3.6 says this, For I, the Lord, 
do not what? I'm going to give you all another chance. Malachi 3.6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Hallelujah. We are not consumed, people of God. Because he does not change. I want to go to the next thing that does not change. The next thing that does not change is the word of God. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. Because I like the context there. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 through 8. And it says, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all its beauty is like the flower of the field. It's kind of what I alluded to earlier. All flesh is grass. And all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. In other words, you know, there are shifting sands in life. Sometimes life ebbs, sometimes life flows. Sometimes there are peaks and other times there are valleys. Okay, life itself is not constant. There's constant change in life. You know, I mean, uh, when, when, when a mother is pregnant, there are constant changes in her body. I've heard, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, and he saw. Now there are constant changes in her body. You know, some of them are good and some of them are bracing. Some of them they wish they never had to go through. And, and, and they make me thank God that I don't have to go through that. Mothers, God bless you. God bless you. But there are changes in the mother's body. There are changes constantly going through the baby as the baby's maturing in her body. And, and when the baby's born, let's think about it. There's a constant change in our lives from the time we're newborns to toddlers to preschoolers to grade schoolers. We're growing up. Life is always changing as no matter how hard we try to keep things the way we want them, they change on us anyway. And when they change, what do they do? They, 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 they really take away our comfort. They take us out of our comfort zone. They, 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 it, it steals our peace. Because we're, we're, we're in a new phase that we're not familiar with. And lack of familiarity breeds anxiety. It, brings, it breeds fear. Uh, does that make any sense? Is, are y'all hearing that? And so this basically speaks to that. You know what? The flesh is like grass. We're like grass. Light. It, 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 it can be plush and green one time and then it's brown and dying the next. There are seasons in life. The, you'll flourish in the spring and, and you'll be brown in the winter. But you know something about those winter times? 
it, on the surface, everything looks dead and everything looks like it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's over and done with. But underneath, roots are growing deeper. You know, underneath, there's things going on underneath the ground, unseen, that are preparing us for the next spring. Amen? So, the, so, so there's even value. There's tremendous value in the winter times, right? There, there, there's tremendous value in the shaking times because God is doing a work and wants to do a work in those times. And you know, in this shaking time, you know what? I believe God's going to awaken us to some things. Uh, he's going to help us reprioritize what matters, what really matters, to, to reprioritize the things that are important and the things that aren't really all that important. So number two, word of God. Also, Matthew 24, verse 35 says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. God's word doesn't change. Are you hearing me? What he said is what he meant. What he promised will happen. Remember what I said last week? You know, the children of Israel were going to inherit the promised land. They may have refused to initially and they had to go into the wilderness, but it was a matter of when, not if. God was going to fulfill his promise. If he said it, he will do it. So, he says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Guess what? You can bank on it. All right, let's go on. Uh, a third thing that does not, that is unshakable. Our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. John 10, starting at the 27th verse, it reads, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. So, I mean, just look at that. Jesus, to me, we're in the palm of his hands. We have a relationship with him. And you know what? There is no one or anything that can take us out of his hand. Let's go to Ephesians 1, verses 12 through 14. Got a lot of passages today, and hopefully we can, you're all the fast note takers. Ephesians 1 verses 12 to 14. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You know what? The presence of the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of that promise, of that future promise. You know, this body that no longer has a six pack but has one ab, I'm getting a new body one day. 
Praise the Lord. I'm getting a new body one day. You know what? I, I, I will be like him. I will be like Jesus. And so will you. Whether you have one ab or more than that. Whatever aches, whatever pains, whatever it is that, you know, you don't like about yourself or whatever. You know what? You are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. And, and you know, and we need to set our sights on things that pertain to heaven. We need to see our future glory in Christ Jesus. These momentary troubles pale in comparison to the glory that is before us in him. Amen. And so, and so that ought to continue to give us joy, give us hope in the middle of this shaking times. Are you hearing me? You know, it's, it's wrapped up into the relationship, but, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a four, I decided to split this out and make it a fourth one. It's all part of relationship, but, Another thing that is unshakable, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, is the love of God. John 3, verses 16 and 17 say this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. God sent Jesus because he loved us. You know, our works are as filthy rags. Our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. We could never have closed the, uh, bridged the gap and, and reconciled with God out of our own performance. It would have never been good enough. And that's what the Old Testament was supposed to uh, uh, help us realize. That in our own ability, our own strength, we cannot keep the perfect law of liberty. We are going, sin will cause us to disobey it, and the wages of sin is death. But along came Jesus. God sent Jesus. His beloved, only begotten Son, our precious Lord and Savior. And he did what we could not do. He was in all points tempted, just like we are, but did not sin. Born of a virgin, son of man and son of God. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world willingly and obediently suffered the cross. Because that's how much God loves us. He conquered sin and death on that cross. On the third day, he rose again. Conquering death. Conquering sin. Conquering hell. Making an open show display of Satan and becoming our redeemer and he's seated at the right hand of God always interceding for us 
Are you hearing me? And when he left, he didn't leave us as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit. And we have a Holy Spirit with us right here, right now, dwelling in us and among us, guiding us into all truth, leading us into the things of God. Amen. Convicting us, okay, of sin. Right? And, and, and leading us into the way of the Lord. So, so, so he's given us all that we need in order for us to walk with him in the earth. Amen? And you know, I, I say it all the time. I try to remind y'all of it. And it, it you know, it, it's not a hallelujah message and so forth, but, but we have all of this. We have the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You know, we have the power of him. We have the Holy Spirit. All right. We have all these gifts that God has given us. So, 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 so we can, we can walk victoriously in the, in the victory that he's already won for us. We can walk triumphantly as sons of God and represent him in the earth. Right. The kingdom is unseen. The kingdom is not here. Right? The kingdom is in heaven. Right? But there are citizens of the kingdom here on earth. And the evidence of the kingdom can be manifest through us to those in darkness and they can see the light. And they can receive it, the light of his salvation. Amen? So, so we don't have reason to be worried in changing times. We don't have reason to be worried or fearful in this shaking time because we have a steadying influence. An unchanging rock. All right. Let's go to Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. And I really had to pare it down, man. I was, it took everything in me not to, not to go beyond these two verses, but they sum up the point very well. Romans 8, 38, 39, talking about number four, the love of God does not change. He says, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So I want to encourage you today. Remind you to put yourself, uh, as we are uh, celebrating Memorial Day weekend and, and, and we are remembering lost loved ones. Those who have paid the ultimate price in, in service to this country and, and to its citizens. Those who put others and country ahead of self and those precious loved ones, precious family members whom we've lost between last Memorial Day weekend and this one. Let's remember them and honor them. Cherish the memories 
reflect on the moments that bring a smile to our faces and and remind us of why they meant so much to us and the significance they had in our lives. While we're doing that, let us also be in remembrance of who our God is. What he is to us. Even in these trying times. Even in these shell-shocked times. When, when the ground beneath us is shaking. It seems that there is an earthquake. We're standing, but there's an earthquake. So there is no, there, there is nothing steady about the world in which we live in. Let us be reminded that, you know what? I can, I, I can lean on him who does not shake. I can lean on him who who doesn't change. Him who doesn't move. I can lean on God. I can lean on his word. I can lean on the salvation, the redemption, the relationship I have in him. And I can lean on his love. Those things do not change. And so I will allow them to steady me. To steady my perspective. To steady my soul, to, 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 to steady my mind, to steady me in the faith. So that I am at peace and I am at rest enough that I can hear the still small voice of God and follow his instruction. And be able to reach and minister to and witness to and preach the gospel to those who don't know him. Those who are walking and wallowing in darkness and don't know that he's real. That he loves them. That there is eternal life available to them through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Are you hearing me? I want to finish out with a few verses. Uh, Psalm chapter 16, uh, verses 7 through 9 say, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Listen to this. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. So knowing that he's at my right hand and that he's unshakable, I will not be shaken. And just knowing that brings gladness to my heart. It causes me to be able to rejoice and it gives me security. See, my security is placed in the proper source. I want you to put that down and put three stars on either side. Just really let that be a go-to passage for you. Another one, Psalm 62, the first two verses says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. For from him comes my salvation. He alone, say he alone. He alone is my rock 
and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. So he alone, there was a time in my life that he alone, he wasn't alone. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, my security was placed in something else. My hope was placed in something else and it perished. And when it was taken from me, I went to a deep, dark place. I, 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 my world was shaken. But in the midst of that shaken state, I encountered him who is unshakable. He forgave me. He loved me. He opened his arms and embraced me. My heavenly father did and, 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 and he gave me purpose. There's nothing like God-given purpose. Uh, I don't know where it's, uh, I, I don't know if it's a, a Twain quote or not, but uh, I've heard it and I've repeated it from time to time. But it's like the two most important days in a person's life is when you were born and when you discover the reason why you were born. And I pray that each and every one of you here today discover, if you don't know already, the reason why you were born, the purpose that you are here on this earth in this time, in this moment, born to the family that you're born to, living in the city that you're living in, working in the place you're working at, attending the school that you're attending, whatever you're doing and so forth, There, this time and this place, this is for you. God called you to it. God has purpose for you here. And I pray that you seek him so that you might know that purpose, so that you might enter into it and, and, and discover the reason why you were born and start walking in it. Amen? And so I want to finish back up in Hebrews 12 where I started. 20, verses 28 and 29. I'm sweating all over this place. Sorry. Having gone through all that and talked about all that, gets us back to this. Verse 28, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. So I would encourage you to be mindful of that, that let's not let, like I said last week, let's not, let's not let our emotions become our preachers. Let's not let the anxieties and fears and doubts or, or the voices that we might hear on the radio or news or people who try to tell us what we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to react. Let's not allow those things to cause us to be tossed to and fro. Let us go to the source. God's word. That's the one thing that is not shaken. You know what? Economies get shaken. The political landscape gets shaken. Ideologies get shaken. Are you hearing me? Societal norms get shaken. 
Comfort zones get shaken. But there are things in life that will not and can never be shaken. And praise God that we have relationship with an unshakable, uncorruptible, unchanging, almighty God. Amen? We can bank on him. We can bank on what he says. His word is yea and amen. It does not return unto him void. What he says, we can put it in the bank. Amen? So let's be thankful. Let's be grateful that we've received, that, that, that for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are kingdom citizens, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We, we, we are residents in a kingdom that this world can't shake. We have a salvation that this world can't shake. We have a promise. We've been redeemed. We have a promise that we can't, that, that, that cannot be shaken. We've already gotten the deposit. We already got the security deposit. The Holy Spirit is already in us and among us. So the, 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 his presence is assuring that the promise that is yet to come is indeed coming. Amen. So let, so be encouraged by that. And let's be grateful to God. Even in these times, we can be grateful because nothing that's happening now is changing that. All right, you hear that? So let's be grateful. And let us offer to God acceptable worship. We're going to ask you to stand. Let's, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And Father God, we know you to be a consuming fire. And we know, Father God, you shall consume this thing called COVID-19, Father God, you are a consuming fire. Father God, we just, we, I just pray we get to a point where we can thank you even for what we're going through right now, Father God, that we can see it as a shaking. And Father, I pray that there will be some internal introspection going on in our own lives, Father God, that we will examine ourselves and ask ourselves the question, where does our security lie? Is there anything in our lives, Father God, that we take security in more than we do you? Are there any things that, 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 that we're pursuing that, that becomes more of a source to us than you. We can't serve God in mammon. We can't serve God in money. So Father God, what are we pursuing? Are we pursuing you or are we pursuing riches? Are we pursuing you or are we pursuing pleasures? Are we pursuing you or we're, are we, are we pursuing your will for our lives or are we pursuing our own agenda and our own will and plan for our lives? What are we doing, Father God, and does, and, and, and does it, uh, defer to you? Father, I just pray that during this time of shaking that, that, that you're rocking us to the point that we go to our knees. And we humble ourselves and we cry out to you, Father God. 
Because we want to hear your counsel. We want to hear what you have to say. We want to know your will for us, Father God. So so speak to us, O oh God, what you would have us do. Speak to us, God, where we need to repent. Speak to us, God, where we're out of line and uh, where we're out of alignment and need to be lined up with you. May this time that we are going through be a revealing time. This time won't last. It will end like all things do. It will end. But I pray that what you will to accomplish in us is indeed accomplished. That we humble ourselves and allow you to work in our hearts as you want to. May we draw nearer to you. May we come to know you in a deeper and more intimate way. May we learn to walk with you. Holy and reverently before you. Father, we thank you for speaking to our hearts and and we just say yes to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Lord bless you all. Uh, Really just want to encourage you that way. I pray that the I pray that the word really spoke to you and, and that uh, I want to challenge you. Don't just give mental assent to it. Don't just say that's a good word, but I want you to be a doer of it. Grab a hold of it. And by the grace of God, and prayerfully go to God. It's by the grace of God. Father God, I'm not there yet, but I want to be. Grant me the grace to walk in it. Help me grow in it, Lord, and he's faithful. He'll do it. Lord, bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, Service is concluded.